Hi guys, hello and welcome back to the latest episode of the Irish Balance podcast. If you are new to this podcast, you are very welcome. Um, my name is Dr. Kira Kelly. I'm a public health doctor, um, yeah, specializing in public health, working in Galway. A lot of you probably know me at this stage. Um, I run the blog, theirishbalance.com and I'm at the Irish Balance on Instagram. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, thank you so much for coming back week on week. Um, I'm really, really glad to have restarted the podcast quite recently, and I hope you guys have enjoyed the previous episodes that I've shared in the last couple of weeks. So today on the podcast, we're talking about being better, and I've brought a guest and friend of mine, um, an entrepreneur in the Irish food business, Shane Ryan, who is founder of Feed, F-I-I-D, which is an Irish uh, company whose product plant-based, tasty and healthy convenience meals with a difference you may have seen in your local Super Value, Tesco, Spire, and also if you're in the UK, Sainsbury's and Ocado. And the reason that I brought Shane onto the podcast today is to share the story of Feed with you guys um, with the aim of helping us all to realize how small changes in our daily lives can help us to be better, both physically and mentally, um, and how we contribute to society as individuals through our lifestyle choices. Welcome, Shane. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Dr. B. Shane's nickname for me, lads, is Dr. Balance. So if I'm <laughs> reference to that during this episode, you'll know why. You love Shane, it. Asher, I could do worse. I could do worse. Shane, thanks so much for being my guest today. I'd love if you could thanks introduce. For me. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Um, would you be able to introduce yourself and feed and tell us a little bit about your background and explain what feed is? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am the founder of Feed, which is a plant-based food company. So what we do now is that we bring together nature's best vegetables, legumes, herbs, and spices. We craft them into really crave-worthy plant-based meals, and then we serve them in the single most convenient format possible. So what we make are really delicious, craveable meals. So things like a Mexican black bean chili, um, Moroccan tagine and a uh, sunrise tomato and lentil ragu so really delicious comfort food um, mm-hmm. but in a, in a format that is what we call like, hyper convenience so when I started out this version of the business and maybe we might even touch on it it's been quite a journey um, mm-hmm. what I wanted to create was something with the same benefits of a box of biscuits so what I, when I, what I found was that When I'm starving and I'm tired and I have no energy or I have nothing in the fridge or I have nothing prepared in the freezer, I just want to be no longer hungry. At that point, I don't care. I just want to be no longer hungry. And so you open the cupboard and you grab a box of biscuits. And in my case, I eat all of this. I eat the full box. And then I'm not hungry anymore. But... I personally don't want to be eating boxes of biscuits (laughs) two or three times a week. I mean, biscuits are great, but I I mean, I'm quite health conscious. I I, I care about what I put in my body because I know the impact that that has on the rest of my life. So Mm. I wanted to create something that would give me the same benefit, but without compromising on everything else that I believe in. So that's kind of the the genesis of, of the feed concept. And I can testify that all three of those um, meals you've described, the chili, the ragu and the tagine, they are all very, very craveable. I think the tagine Which is probably your... my favorite, the tagine. Excellent. Yeah, that's the top seller, actually. People love that one. Mine's the Mexican chili. I just love. Interesting. I just, yeah, I love black beans, kidney beans. I find it really, really hearty and comforting. 
I'd love if you could tell us, I mean, it's been quite a journey. You and I have known each other quite a while and we've become friends throughout that time as well. Um, but Feed has had quite a journey, Shane. I think you'd probably agree with that. <laughs> it's, been, it's really been something. How so, did it all start? Um, so the backstory is that my, my background is in hospitality. So I worked in with a hotel company all over the world. Basically, I used to go into new build properties and, and set up systems and processes to make sure that they're on brand, um, no, matter, no matter whether you walked into a property in New York or in the Middle East or in China, it's the same sort of experience should happen. So that was where, where, what I worked in when I came out of college. Mm. And it was quite intense. I was working like 90 hours a week, six days a week. It was really, really intense environments. When I was 24, I was... I was managing a team of 36 with like no experience and it really had a had a huge wow. effect on, on me. Um, I found it really, really challenging. While I like challenges, I think that one was maybe too much for me. I didn't have kind of the toolbox of things that I have now to deal with it. Yeah. So I called my parents one day, uh, one evening kind of at a wit's end being like, I cannot do this anymore. And my, my, my father just said to me, listen, let's take one step at a time you're clearly not eating properly, you're not sleeping properly, you're not exercising. So before we make any drastic changes, let's try and tick those three boxes and mm. see what kind of effect that has on you. Out of that came this kind of new appreciation for fresh, healthy cooking, eating. And yeah. I saw the, the effect that, that the type of food that I was eating had on the rest of my life, like my performance at work, but also how I felt about myself and how I was interacting with people. And so that was the first time that I'd really discovered kind of vegetables because before, <laughs> I, was before I was 23, I didn't actually eat vegetables. I, I did like under duress, right? Or, you know, that yeah. kind of way when you're sitting around the table and your parents don't let you leave until you eat the vegetables. But I didn't really oh, like, yeah. love them. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. So that was me until I was in my 20s. Like, it was just <laughs> kind of shameful to think about, but that's, that's the reality of what it was. Mm. Um, and it's it kind of around the same time I, I saw that there was lots of shifting attitudes around healthy eating. We were really, really transitioning away from kind of unhealthy food to more kind of more balanced or healthy approach. Mm. And I saw that there was potentially an opportunity there. I realized that I didn't want to be in the industry that I worked in anymore. I wanted to make a change. I would have always been quite entrepreneurially minded. And so I said, I'm going to start something for myself. So I packed up my bags about six months later and moved back to Ireland and I set about starting a business. And the first version, there. yeah, the first, the first, well, it, something happened it, anyway. The first version <laughs> of the business was, was a, a meal delivery service. So um, I, my, the problem that I was trying to solve was I wanted to make it really, really, really easy, convenient for people to access delicious, healthy plant-based food. That was yeah. the, that's the problem that I've uh, that I originally start, tried to solve, and it's the problem that we're still solving today. Yeah. And so the original idea was this meal delivery service where you ordered one thing on an app every single day. It was a feed app, and then I cycled to your office and delivered it before lunchtime. So that was the that was the concept. Nice, like it was really cute, but yeah. not a very scalable business and, and extremely challenging. It's basically like. I ran it for about nine months and just hemorrhaged money. It was the most expensive hobby I've ever had. It was ridiculous. And I worked oh alone. I worked on my own. I used to get up in the mornings, 
4 a.m. cycle to Smithfield Market, pick up all the ingredients and cycle to Drumcondra to the kitchen to prepare all this food, put them in boxes, then collate all the orders, create a, a delivery route, jump on a bike, put them on a, in a box, oh jump God, on the Jane. bike, cycle around to all of the offices, drop them off, come back to the kitchen, clean down, and then fall into bed at like three o'clock in the afternoon, dead. Yeah. Like, it oh was, my um, God. yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a successful business at all. It actually, it looked like a successful business from the outside because it got a lot of press, uh, quite active on social media, um, you know, the usual like newspaper, magazine articles, radio interviews, whatever. So from the outside, because it was novel and I was young, it, it, it seemed like it was very successful, but actually it wasn't a business at all. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, a lot of my own personal sense of sense of worth or self-worth, or there was a lot of ego tied up in the success of the business as well. So mm-hmm. I, I knew I could see that it was failing, that it wasn't working, but I kind of ignored it and ran away from the problem until eventually the problem caught up on me and I ended up kind of having a bit of a, a mental breakdown as a result of that because the business was failing. And so because I, because my my own sense of self was, was, was basically tied up in the business, I then felt that I was a failure. Yeah, and that took me a really, really long time to get over it. I, I had to pack up everything. I left Dublin. I moved back to my parents' house and took about nine months off where I just checked out from the world, I guess, because I just didn't know what to do. But I still had this because I'm incredibly stubborn and determined. So while I was going through all of that, um, I wasn't ready to give up on on this business that I, or this problem that I recognized. So I started a second business built on the learnings from the first business, mm. which was Feed 2.0, same, same company, where uh, I made the same type of food that I was selling originally by bicycle in a pot, in like a chilled, in a chilled pot. So like a chili and a curry in a chilled pot. And that's, this is the business that you first interacted with. So this is where we became friends. So, and these pots were available in um, done stores and super values around the country. And I was still on my own, but I had outsourced the production part. So that was like one bottleneck that I recognized in the first business. Like, okay, I can't do this all myself. So I'm yeah. going to get pay someone else to do that. And then I'll in charge of all the other things which I thought was genius at the time and it was gonna it was gonna make me super successful because I had I, I realized that this little piece of magic um, and that business was actually quite nice like it, it 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 grew nicely I was on my own and then we got this listing I got this listing in, a, in, a, in another retailer which was gonna double the size of the business overnight and uh, I hired a guy to help me with that growth in December and he was joining me in January. The listing was going to be activated in January. I then moved my production from a small guy to a much larger um, contract manufacturer who were going to help me grow this business as well. And then the first week of January, I think it was, yeah, 2018, was it? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. First week of January in 2018, I called the manufacturer just to make sure everything was going okay. Our production was going to happen in five days. And they said, oh, actually, we're having second thoughts. We, we don't think we're going to move forward with the, with the agreement. And of course, I didn't have any contract or any sort of uh, an agreement with them. I just thought we had this kind of 
gentleman's agreement. I thought I could take these people on their word, but I was very wrong. And what actually happened is the whole thing collapsed. I couldn't, they ended up pulling out. I couldn't find another manufacturer to, to, to take on the business and uh, lost all the listings within, within the space of, of about 15 days, just over two weeks, everything, so the whole business collapsed. Uh, yeah, that was, so it was back to the drawing board. <laughs> and how do you regroup from that, Shane? Like, that's a very short space of time. And like, obviously, everyone's familiar with the current pandemic we're in. But even over a two week period, we find our lives have vastly changed. And that's your livelihood. That's what you're, yeah. this was why you've been getting up in the morning and suddenly it's gone. Like, how do you regroup? Yeah. I suppose I never, I, I never thought that that was it. I yeah. never thought that we couldn't find a solution. Um, another part of it was that now I had I had someone who I had hired and who I was paying a salary and who moved to Dublin to work for this company and rented a, an apartment. So it wasn't just me anymore. Yeah. It was someone else depending on me. And you know what? I, you know this. I am obsessed with solving this problem. So yeah. I wasn't ready to give up. Like What I realized is that every single problem... I've ever faced I solved mm. do you know what I mean like so yeah that to me that means like okay this is a problem but it's just another problem that I have to find a solution to and I've yeah. come up against countless problems that I've solved so why would this one be any different maybe mm. I have to think a little bit harder maybe I have to be a bit more creative maybe I have to open my mind to other options yes and I'm, I'm very happy to do so but I will solve it mm. and it took us a year now and it was a the most challenging year of it was more challenging in many ways than the first business failing because now I had someone working with me who needed a salary and yeah. we were trying to completely change how we were doing things and like I ended up having to take on four part-time jobs to be able to pay Elliot's salary so that he would stay with me mm. You know what I mean? Because I couldn't yeah. expect him to, to work for free. Like he, he yeah. has bills and stuff. So yeah. you know, I worked as a barista. I worked as a waiter. I worked uh, in a call center all at the same time. And then I worked in my, in my spare time trying to fix this business, trying to find a way to do it. And then eventually we did. A year later, we launched it December 2018. We uh, kicked things off and haven't looked back. And can you explain to the listeners, anyone who hasn't tried your delicious food, um, what was the change? What was the, the light bulb? So I suppose what we, what, what the time that, what that 12 months gave us was space and some freedom to, to, to think and to look at the previous business, but also at the customer problem. Mm. And what I realized was the bottleneck to our growth was very much in, in chilled supply chain. And there was also another realization. I was doing a lot of delivering in the previous iteration. I was doing a lot of dropping into supermarkets. So I was in the back of supermarkets quite a bit. I could see the mountain of food that was being dumped, like big industrial bins full of food. And like we have this, we've always had this element in the business where every time you buy one meal, we donate a meal to a child in the developing world. That's always been a part of the business. And yeah. it just didn't sit well with me at all. The idea that we were donating meals to people who have absolutely nothing and are crying out for, for food. 
mm. while we are contributing to this problem of food waste because we were a chilled product with a 30-day shelf life and they're always going to be waste. Always. You're always going to be throwing perfectly good food away because it just doesn't sell on the shelf. It's a part of retail. And I don't want to be, I did not want to be part of that anymore. So one day I was walking down the baby food aisle in a, in a supermarket. Um, I don't go down the baby food aisle a lot. It's not, um, not somewhere I frequent. But I just happened to go down this one day on the way somewhere to another part of the store. And I looked to my left and I noticed all of these beautiful products uh, in jars and pouches and pots all organic, all natural, no additives or preservatives. It's all really good food because parents are not going to put bad things into their, into their baby's bodies, right? That's never going to happen. We put, yeah. we put all kind of shit into our own bodies. Mm. But babies, we're really, really protected over what we feed them. And I was thinking, like, all of these products are so natural and good, but they don't have their... They have a long shelf life. They last for a year and they're mm. sitting here on the shelf. They're not, they're not in the fridge. I just couldn't get my head around this because for so long, I was trying to find ways to naturally extend my shelf life of the products yeah. to, to make them more commercially viable, but it just wasn't possible. So I ended up buying like 87 euro worth of baby food, put them in a basket and I <laughs> paid for it. And I drove straight out to this, um, this food lab and a food technologist that I had been working with to try and find, um, to try and develop new products and, and find a solution to the problem. And I dumped it all on the desk and I asked her, what is going on here? How are they able to do this? And she explained it's a really simple process. It's called, it's called sous vide, where all of the ingredients are put in and then it's cooked in hot water, a hot water bath. Very, very simple. It's an old French cooking technique. It's the exact same process as canning, canning beans, canning chickpeas. They're like, they all have a long shelf life too and there's nothing in them to extend the shelf life. And I, I asked her, is it possible to, do, to use that process on the product that I'm trying to create? She said, absolutely, yeah, here are some examples. She pulled them off a shelf. I was like, are you kidding me? I've been banging my head against the wall trying to find a solution to this and, and, and you knew all along. And I said, okay, I'm going to do it. She said, fine, good luck. So uh, from when I realized that it was possible to create a really nutritious, healthy and delicious product and have it and have a long shelf life that wouldn't contribute to the food waste issue and that would be even more convenient for the customer. I was totally convinced that that's what we're going to do. And we talked to lots of, you know, like mentors and, and kind of, big people in the industry that had loads of experience and they all said Shane like I get your rationale but it's a huge mistake because all of the growth all of the innovation is happening in fresh you're in fresh right now stay in fresh that's mm. where you'll build a business and I said no I'm totally convinced that this is where and this is where we need to be um, so we did it anyway and it worked because I think what strikes me about that story is, I suppose, the why of the company, the desire to make a product that is just that bit better, that's built on your, I don't want to call them failures, it's built on your lessons, because they weren't failures, every failure teaches us something, so built on your lessons and the iterations. Yeah, but they're still failures, I'm not, shy about, I'm not shy about calling them failures either, you know, I don't see them as, I don't see them as 
huge failures, but they didn't work. So I yeah, don't think it's a word I, I would ever run away from. I know what you mean. Yeah. But I, what always strikes me about feet is the, as I say, the desire to be better. And you mentioned there, and I actually forgot to mention it at the start, which is criminal of me, but that every meal that's sold from feed is a meal to a child in the developing world. And that, as you say, that's always been at the heart of what you guys do. Um, and I think that's really admirable because, you know, it, it speaks to a, a purpose and a why that's, I suppose, bigger than even, you know, the person buying it or you guys producing it. You know, I think that's it connects your product with a greater good. Yeah. I guess. You know? I, suppose I, I I have to say, like, I don't think that that part of the business is the reason we exist. Yeah, I definitely don't think that. I don't think that the, the social element is our why. Mm. But I do feel I do feel that there are certain people in society that have the capabilities to make an impact on the world beyond making a profit. And I think that mm. business owners and entrepreneurs are kind of part of that cohort you are in a u- unique position to to i suppose make change mm. and to change people's i suppose like for me i felt i was totally convinced of the idea that we can make an impact by building in a social element into our cost structure from the start so it's not a a 10% cut on our profits or it's not a percentage of, of our revenue. But first of all, like most businesses don't make a profit for years yeah. or there's lots of, there's loads of different like accounting exercises you can do to make sure you don't make a profit. Um, I just wanted to, I want, I feel like every business should be doing something to give back because it's a, you're in a unique position to, to have an impact. I feel no, I, I, I would never I would never comment on anyone else's business or or how they choose to go about it. But it's just how I personally feel. So from the very, very start, I wanted to make sure there was a way that we could that we could give back that mm. that that didn't rely on profits or that didn't rely on on revenue, that it was built into every single one we sell, whether we make a profit or not, makes an impact. And we kind of like we I kind of shy away from promoting that or using that as a marketing message because first of all I don't think anyone buys meals or food products because they give to charities I don't I really don't um, and I never want it to seem like we're taking advantage of of a shitty situation sorry you like yeah. to curse on your podcast well you have twice already so <laughs> <laughs> are you t- are you counting uh, yeah, I, I don't. I'll allow a change just for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I can't censor myself. Yeah. Um, so anyway, in conclusion, I just feel like it's. I just feel like it's the right thing to do, um, yeah. and we don't make a big song and dance about it. Is it's something that we do? Um, yeah, without shouting about it, and and I suppose the probably one of probably one of my favorite moments of of the whole process has been like this year donating 280,000 meals to to children in in developing countries like that's incredible for me like for these two for two guys who are just doing their thing to be able to have that kind of an impact it just makes me feel incredible and I suppose that does help to drive you on. It does help to, yeah. to, to keep pushing through 
challenging times or so yes it's not like the reason we exist but it definitely helps um push push everything on and so it's Absolutely. not just it's not just donating meals like that we, we ended up partnering with a, a charity called mary's meals mm. and their whole ethos is around education and so the idea is that if you provide a hot meal in a place of education so in a school children that whose families would otherwise send them out to work are sent to school because there's food there so they get sent to school mm. to be fed but because they're in school they end up getting an education yeah and then because they get an education there's this amazing opportunity to potentially move out of the cycle of poverty yeah which i find just incredible it is from once from one small thing it is it's a cycle a cycle of growth um exactly and when people go on your Instagram, your tagline is be better. So what does that yeah. mean to you? Like what, where did that stem from? Um, how did that come about? Like I am fascinated with people's whys and people's purpose. And I know you said, obviously, though incredible, the amount of donations you've given, it's, it's not the reason you exist, but you could easily have gone and created this product and not done that. So where did be better come from or where, what does that idea mean to you? And I think it's something we can all relate to, particularly in the current climate when we're trying to just make a little bit of a difference with our daily actions. And some of that means yeah. just staying at home um, with COVID-19 and everything. But in terms for you guys, where did be better come from? I suppose be better is quite personal. It's, yeah. it's very much like my my personal mantra that I, that I like to live by. Um, it's not about like being the best. It's not about it's not about always doing the right thing it's more about this idea that we're on a journey and we're constantly making little adjustments or little changes to improve ourselves and the world around us and i think that so many people can relate to that there's no one in the world that isn't on some sort of a of a mission to be better in some way you know like some people are learning a language they're trying to lose weight they're trying to get fit they're trying to gain weight they're they're trying to progress in their career they're they're trying to read four books a month like that's all Mm. part of like bettering ourselves and i think everyone can relate to that um so like i suppose one thing that we try to get across as much as possible in feed and i think it's why it, it's also why I tend to be quite transparent about the reality of starting a business and and the reality of of the roller coaster that is running a business, particularly on Instagram and in any sort of interviews and things that I do. I would be very open and honest about about the challenges. Um, but I I think that um, everyone can kind of can can relate to being human yeah like we're not like i get so frustrated with this the image of perfection on on social media i know it's a highlights reel and i i i'm i'm bad at for it too on my on my personal instagram but like this i think as a brand we are quite human and i think we meet people at a level where they're at and people understand that we're human too yeah I think it's very clear, even looking at your Instagram, sometimes I get even tired looking at how hard you guys work. Like I can see you in the warehouse or wherever it is, you know, if like the label's coming wrong, you guys are relabeling. Like it's fr- like, you know, it's, it's all it's all the way through. It's every step of the process. 
you're part of, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And can I ask what, like, why plant-based? Why plant-based meals? Um, when I when I started, I was um, transitioning to what I thought would be fully vegan uh, way of eating. Now, I'm not vegan at all. I, but I would be mostly plant-based. I would say I have a really strong plant slant where in my day-to-day life, I would lean heavily towards plant-based eating. Not yeah. 100%, yeah. not 100% at all. And I don't, honestly, I don't see myself ever being 100% vegan, but um, plant-based for me kind of aligns with my, with my beliefs. It's very much informed by... Um, environmental piece i suppose and sure. I, I suppose that's where it all stems from and i just Absolutely. feel like if we all ate a little bit more plant-based um the world would, would likely be in a much in a much better place i think so too and so, yeah sorry continue i didn't mean to interrupt you um no no worries um but i think like I suppose that's the part that we play as well as a business in that mm. we recognize that you know the vast majority of people, well, not all, like a lot of people are want to make some more sustainable choices because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. But it's human nature that we don't really want to make huge sacrifices either. Yeah. <laughs> like we don't want to, we don't want to eat food that isn't delicious, that isn't comforting, that isn't healthy or satisfying just because it's the right thing to do or just because it's better for the environment or or what what whatever other reason so yeah. what what we provide is is that option that that people can can choose that is both positive but also delicious and comforting and nutritious and everything else I think, yeah, I, I love that about feed. It's that consideration of the environmental impact of what we eat. And I absolutely do agree with you that we can all make a difference by making small changes. And I think that's true whether you're talking about the environmental cost of what we eat or, you know, for our own personal health, let's say someone who's not physically active going and doing 10 minutes of walking every day. Like we can all make little changes that would have a huge impact yeah, absolutely. in the long term, but also at the population level. And obviously we've already touched on food waste and I know that's very much part of the ethos of, of feed as well and um, now one thing I did want to mention because I just it makes me smile every time I have seen it on your page recently you guys have been incredible with the COVID-19 pandemic getting some feed meals donated to healthcare workers can you tell us about that yeah I wouldn't say incredible I think there's I would say incredible that are being more incredible than us right now I suppose when everything started to, to escalate we inherently like feed has, from day one has very much been built on doing the right thing yeah. and anytime something like this happens my my gut reaction is okay how can we help mm. and so suppose given like the scale of of COVID-19 globally I got a little bit of anxiety about the amount of noise around it so, you know I was constantly getting emails and newsletters and social media posts from brands all like weighing in on a crisis and I suppose uh, yes I'm a business owner and yes I have I I I need to to maintain and grow a business but I am totally averse to monetizing panic and I think a lot of brands jumped in on 
a situation and we're like we can make loads of money here so here's mm. fucking covid covid 20 discount code come buy our products and i just feel like that's so distasteful and it doesn't read the room and it just plays on people's anxiety in at a time when we do not need that kind of thing so yeah. Purposely, as a company, we very much laid low. We actually stopped posting on social media altogether. Um, okay. I just did not, I felt so uncomfortable just adding to the noise around mm. COVID-19. When there was so much uncertainty in the air, we didn't know what was going to happen. So at that time, our priority was making sure that the shelves in the supermarkets were full to maintain some sort of reality, as much reality as we had within our powers to maintain for our customers at the time. Then okay. we took a little bit of time and we were looking at the situation as it was progressing. We were saying, okay, what's within our remit to, to do? What is possible for us to do? Um, we, are like a, we are a small team. We're a small company. There's two people. So there's limitations around like, what we can do. Um, yeah. Like we're not going to be producing, we're not going to be producing PPE, for example, even though no. it's, 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 it's massively required. It's not something that we could do. But what we do have is lots of food. And it's lots of food that we can provide to people. So um, what we decided to do was we, just, we looked at what we have, what we can give, and we decided to, to donate a thousand meals to our frontline healthcare workers who need our support, people who are working incredibly hard, people who, for whom I'm incredibly grateful and, and in awe of. Um, it's a very small thing to do, but if... if you know, providing a delicious lunch for someone who's struggling on our behalf puts a smile on their face, then that makes me incredibly happy. And what we saw was, you know, everyone else, like we're so good in Ireland for rowing in behind people. And I, and I really, really love that in times of crisis, we, we tend to come together like that. Yeah. What I found is that everyone else wanted to contribute too lots of people wanted to do something to help so what we decided to do was to to create an option for our customers and everyone else to to also make a donation so they could pledge 20 euro and then on their behalf we'll send six meals to a hospital of their choice and and god it's been people have really really responded well to that and it's blown up really nicely so that's kind of what we're doing well, I just want to say thank you as a healthcare worker because it makes a huge difference. And I think one of the first things that often goes for healthcare workers, particularly in times of crisis, is personal need because personal needs come second to patient need. And, um, you know, eating a healthy meal, even if it's one healthy meal a day, um, can really make such a difference um, to just how, as you, as you described in your own experience in life, but to how someone performs, to how they feel. And as you said, just might put a smile on their face. And I absolutely agree. The kindness that we have seen from so many different people and so many people, from, so many people from different walks of life, just asking, what can I do to help outside of, you know, mm -hmm. staying at home, washing your hands, social distancing, what extra can I do? What positivity can I bring? How can I encourage people to stay at home, but bring some light and kindness to them it's honestly one of the most yeah. incredible things we've seen in a long time i think we probably yeah, all feel really that. beautiful to see it it is it is it restores you a bit of faith i think in the world in such an uncertain time how are you doing with all of this shane with the COVID 19 pandemic how are you feeling um i am feeling lucky that i haven't been i, th I suppose i'm i'm really grateful that 
the business that I've built hasn't been hugely negatively, hasn't been negatively affected at all, mm. really at all. Um, I'm grateful that I have my health, that my family have their health. Um, I've taken the decision to delete all my social social apps from my phone over the last couple of days. Just find there's so much noise, and I think there's it's 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 really difficult to not constantly be checking for updates and news, and there's so much stimulus. Very that, hard not to do that, yeah. Yeah, so I just need to take a step back and not play into that and and be a part of that. That's kind of what I've decided to do for myself, and I'm trying to just mm. kind of maintain my own sanity. I think. I spoke to you before, like I had the last six weeks on a personal, from a personal point of view, have been quite intense. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to process lots of other emotions and, you know, continue to to work really hard and, and make sure that the team around me are all safe and healthy. And um, also my, make sure my own mental health is balanced at a very tense time. So mm-hmm. I think like a lot of people, everyone is, everyone is just in this place where they they don't know how to navigate the current climate. So I'm just yeah. trying to do it as best as I can. I love that. I think gratitude is something that everyone keeps coming back to. Um, and you're the second person I've spoken to today who has just like, just kind of like described or spoken about the amount of noise online. And while acknowledging how mm. incredible it has been to have, for, for some anyway, um, to have social media, to stay connected or to use WhatsApp to do video sure. calls. So things like that are, are fantastic, but there is a lot of noise and maintaining boundaries around that is is really key and i have um yeah by the time we we release this episode i'll probably have released a mental health episode so i would encourage people to have a listen to that if you have not already um shane it's been such a pleasure to have you on my podcast i'd love if you could share maybe one tip i'll let you have two if you need to have two um one or two (laughs) tips for um to bring a better a bit of bit of better balance um to people if you had any suggestions for the listeners a bit of better balance um yeah. it was like the one for me the one the one thing i like to remind myself is that i am a human mm. not a robot and that i feel emotions i make mistakes that i'm not perfect like definitely like the one the one change in my personal narrative that transforms my relationship with myself has been to remind myself that I'm human yeah and not to be so hard on myself when I don't when I don't achieve what I had set out to achieve because there's always tomorrow I make mistakes but the most important thing that is I just get up and, and try again and not be haunted by something that didn't work out the first time or you know that kind of thing so I I, I think I'm I've become much more gentler with myself and just said listen you're a human no one is perfect just keep going I love that there's always tomorrow and being gentle with yourself I'm going to personally take that tip on board so thank you so much Um, (laughs) Shane it's been a joy to have you on would you be able to let the listeners know where to find feed on social media where to find it in the shops um, and any bits and pieces that you want to flag for yourself or for feed yeah, so we're, the website is eatfeed.com. So it's E-A-T-F-I-I-D.com. You can order online straight to your door. We have free delivery within Ireland the UK. We're also, as you said, available in Super Value, Tesco, Spar in Ireland. And then we're in Sainsbury's and Ocado in the UK. And social media, mostly on Instagram, it's eatfeed. So E-A-T-F-I-I-D again. 
Um, and that's it. Guys, if you do give Feed a try and you like this episode, give us a tag in your stories as always. And do obviously let us know what your favorite flavor is. There's no judgment, but I'm just saying the tagine is the best one. So anyway, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. Do uh, get in touch if you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to the podcast. Give it a bit of a like or a few stars. Apparently that helps it get seen more. I have no idea if that, that makes a difference. But thank you. <laughs> For all the support and feedback. Thank you, Shane, for being my guest and see you guys for the next time. Thanks, Dr. B.